Blog Talk Radio. The New African Broadcast speaks to the free-thinking movement that we see emerging in the minds of today's black youth of America. African youths must be re-educated to the scientific reasoning found in natural law if this movement is to reach its full potential. Inshallah, the African American will break free of non-scientific and tribal thinking paradigms that fail to counter immoral behavior as well as limit solid economic progress in African American communities. Assalamu alaikum. Take the chains off me In this modern day slave offering I'm just trying to be free I love life, I'm just trying to be me And I don't really care what society says Cause if I left it up to them, I'd probably be dead But no, I feel the blood pumping through my veins Like, the people need to stop and get some things right Let's get back to the family I don't like the news, but the news talk tragedy and politics Red and blue, two sides with the gang of you Make a vote for it, make a song that can maybe grab a quote from it Don't let the revolution leaders never run from it Pick my mind and see what comes from it Find King standing in the heat like the bus coming And I don't need luck, I've been blessed from the most time Trying to go more time Cause the people say they want it But the people never realize the rain till it's storming What's up? Brother, you're taking the ghetto, you find a whole lot of crime. I can understand. I know what it means. That's one thing the educators and the politicians and the establishment got to remember. Now, brother, please, y'all. I'm ready for it, my focus up. My fist in the ass so they know it's us. Young black leaders, new Africans, they can't rap trash, it's a new packaging. And try to sell it to me. You cool loud in the streets with a college degree. I work for it. Ain't nobody got it from me. I can give you my reality, gon' sell you a dream. I'm solo to the donor, could sell you a team. But I practice what I preach, I can sell a belief. Cream rise to the top, bulls set up beneath. Before you jump out the block, first set of your feet, and run for it. If you want it, you should go for it. Break the reverse, only go for it. Pray for it till you're so sure you walk on faith, blindfolded by the boat shore. Uh, Stevie Wonder to my worst critic. Seemed like another leaping when I first did it. Worked all night, no sleep, put the bread on the table and the shoes on my feet. I'm so the definition of the definition. About time I got some recognition. And I told him to take the chains off of me. In this modern day slave off of me. So you got to have mind power to deal with salvation. And that's what we're dealing with. See, we can't go back to the biblical story of two loaves of bread. Or two little fishes, five loaves of bread. Two little fishes, yeah. You know what? You can't eat dust. You know what? You can't eat Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen 
wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu la sharika lahu wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu I like to welcome our listening audience to another edition of the New African broadcast I'm your host MD Shahid and I like to now give you the greetings of peace in the Quran and Arabic language Assalam alaikum. Tonight we're waiting on Imam Muhammad Sadiq to call into the show. We've uh been having a very uh, interesting informative and I would say even broad uh discussion on the African American civil rights movement or like what I like to say the freedom movement and at the basis of it all was the nation of Islam and we've been discussing on this program titled from inside looking out a black muslim to muslim american 1956 to present imam muhammad sadiq has been giving us his personal insights on the development of the nation of islam and ultimately becoming the american muslim association of community here in the western hemisphere in the united states of america he's talked about a lot of things in the first three segments of this a part and series that we're doing here uh, you can find those segments if you want to you can go back on our uh, website here on blog talk radio and you can pick up and catch up where we have left off we've talked about the uh, atmosphere of the african-american communities in the 40s how they shop how they intermingle in the cities also in the rural areas also the uh, coming of Professor Farah Muhammad and just many different individuals that were involved in developing the nation of Islam to uh, eventually the occurrence of Malcolm X, Malik Shabazz and his influence on the movement, as well as even uh, the civil rights movement, the March on Washington, D.C. in 1963 by Martin Luther King and others. And we've even discussed the influences of the Vietnam War, Richard Nixon, et cetera. So uh, we're pretty much up to date here in 1975. Again, we're, we're waiting on uh, Imam Sadiq to call in. And I've also been having with me a co-host here. I'm going to bring him on right now, Brother Shahid. Y'all seen Shahid. Assalamu alaikum. Can you hear me, Brother Shahid? Yes, alaikum assalam. Yes, do you have any uh, insights right now you would like to kind of uh, jump in here as we went on Imam Sadiq to get with us? Uh, not right now. I'm just waiting for the brothers to, to uh come on in so we can continue this great discussion. I also want to bring up, I had seen something on the Internet the other day which shocked me. I didn't know, well, I don't know if it's true or not. I got to do my thorough research that, uh, what's the brother's name from San Francisco? Red Fox used to run with Malcolm back in Harlem when they was uh, in the younger days, running the streets. That was something that I did not know. So uh, that would be a good question to bring up and get a little more insight on that as well. When Malcolm, uh, before he came into the nation, uh, that was shocking. So I didn't know nothing about that. Red Fox used to run with Malcolm Little, in Harlem. 
Well, that's something that I didn't know myself. It's the first time I've heard that. Uh, we can ask Imam Sadiq when he comes on the air. Kind of waiting on him to come on right now. Uh, you might have a little static. Do you have a little? Are you uh, traveling, uh, brother Yassin? It's like I can hear Aaron, Aaron in the background here. No, I'm just doing a lot of moving. That's it. Okay, I, I guess I'm picking it up on your on your uh, phone. But uh, in any event, this is uh, a new African. You're listening to uh, you're listening to um, Muslim Shahi. We're work, waiting on uh, Imam Muhammad Sadiq to call into the show, and we're gonna go to a quick break right here, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna come back and hopefully uh, Imam Muhammad Sadiq will have called in. So just stay tuned. We'll be back in just um, a moment here, and then we'll hopefully he'll get back. And we'll be able to talk more on this really interesting and exciting uh, topic. Exciting topic. Yeah, this is Donald San Antonio. We gave her a bath, and we started rubbing her down with um, with the XLSO, and she has had complete, complete moisture in her skin ever since. Excel Nutraceuticals All Natural Base SO has been scientifically developed for the management of eczema and psoriasis. For more information, go to xcel-n.com. My name's uh, Dr. Karen Holly, and I am the senior pastor at Lifeway Church, and I'm also a psychological therapist. My grandson, Christian Turner, and he uses SO, and he has eczema, and so it's just worked wonderfully for him. Tried bump stop, I've tried all kind of stuff. <laughs> By my skin, you would never believe, uh, people don't believe anymore that I used to have hair bumps except my friend. It cleared it up. No more dry patches, even the, the patches that would come around. Nutraceuticals, all natural products, call today at 1 800 3981. I actually brought it for my daughters. They, and my daughters really, my their hair has gotten so much thicker, it's gotten longer, and they feel, it's like they had a ball, like ball spots on the side of their head. But um, ever since uh, we've been using it, they. No more. The hair is actually grown. Excel Nutraceuticals All Natural Base HGS has been scientifically developed for the control of eczema of the scalp and hair regrowth. For more information, go to www.xcel-n.com. Yes, hi. My name is Carmen. About a year ago, I had ordered three of the jars of the Excel HGS, and I'm here to tell you, Oh, it really, really worked. It stopped my hair from thinning out. My hair is just beautiful, and I'm just so very well pleased. Nutraceuticals, all natural products. Call today at 1-800-977-3981.
lived in a place called home Getting ahead was strictly a no-no because nobody cares what happens to the folks that live in the ghetto. Thousands of lives wasting away People living from day to day It's a challenge just staying alive because in the ghetto
Assalamu alaikum. Alhamdulillah. Back to the New African Broadcast Show here. I have been the guest here now, Imam Muhammad Sadiq. Imam Muhammad Sadiq, I'm going to bring you in just a few seconds and give you the greetings of Assalamu alaikum and welcome again to another edition of the New African Broadcast. Thank you so very much. I'm honored to be here. Yes, sir. I know you had a, have had a busy schedule. Schedule. Oh boy. And yeah, I know you have, and I know I've, I've talked to you about it. And so uh, you just go as far as you can go tonight, and then we'll shut it down, and we can continue on. Uh, Imam Muhammad Sadiq. Uh, Imam Muhammad Sadiq has been on the show for the last uh, four segments. He's been discussing the development of the. Nation of Islam movement from his perspective, his eyes, he has a lot of uh, direct involvement with the uh, upper, uh, middle and upper leadership of the Nation of Islam. He's given us a lot of insight on some of the inter uh, developments of the community and this transformation into the Muslim American community that we uh, see today here in America. Imam Muhammad Sadiq, we left off around 1975, and I'd like for you to kind of just pick up and I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to be quiet here and kind of talk about some of the changes and the, some of the new traditions that came in under leadership under the leadership of Imam Wafidin Muhammad and some of the old traditions that were eventually dropped. Yes, and, uh, and somewhere along the line, I want to get back to one idea that we left hanging, and that was where I said Imam Wafidin Muhammad, just like Aisha said, that the prophet was the Quran walking. I said, Imam Warthi Muhammad was the prophet walking. But we don't have to touch that right now. But I, somewhere along the way, I want to get back to that because I left it hanging. <clears throat> now, uh, with Allah's name, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer. And uh, dear, dear audience, first of all, uh, in 1975, when Imam Warthi Muhammad uh, came into his uh, came into office. First of all, we need to understand that Imam Warthi Muhammad was chosen by his father's teacher, the one that the uh, Muslims called the Savior, Master Farad Muhammad or Farad Muhammad, and um, he was chosen before he was born. Imam Warthi Muhammad, his father was told by Farad Muhammad, and I don't want to make it spooky, but he had talked about, told him or talked to him about having a son, and that uh, when he had the son, they named this child after him, and that he would be the leader. In the words of Minister Farrakhan, these are not my words, these are his words. He said, and he told this to the entire city of New York, the whole FOI class, and it must have been close to a thousand people present when he said it, and plus it's been online in the uh, uh, archives of the uh, of the uh, W.D. Muhammad Library put out by <clears throat> Brother Imam Mubashir Ukta that when the sperm that left the body, or he, I think he might have used the word germ, 
that germ that left the body of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad it fertilized the egg of Sister Clara Muhammad. He said that Allah himself or the Savior or Allah was in that germ. God was in that germ. So now, that's not my saying, and I don't know, I'm not saying it's accurate. I'm simply saying that's the kind of information we received about Imam Warasuddin Muhammad prior to him coming into the office of leadership in our community. We had heard so much about him. We had heard so much about him. And Imam Warasuddin Muhammad said that he was his father was instructed by his teacher to uh, keep him out of the public schools, to teach him at home, make sure he has the proper diets and everything like that, and that he would be a big help to his father. He would be, he would take this community on to the next level. And when Imam Warasuddin Muhammad heard these kind of stories, he said it, it sort of embarrassed him to a degree because he never thought of himself as being anything anything other than just another another uh, member of the family. But he was always a very introspective kind of child. He was not like the rest of the children in the family. He was very, 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 very humble and very, very, very uh, observing. And his his words showed great wisdom even at a very young age. And so <clears throat> in 1975, after, before the passing of his father, before the passing of his father, he traveled around and he came into New York City and North New Jersey. And he spoke to the uh, FOI. And at that gathering, he told the gathering of Muslims then, he said, my father will be pass he will pass away and I will be the leader. <clears throat> and he went on to explain that, you know, he he wasn't nothing was gonna change. And he said as far as Minister Farcon was concerned, he said if um he said he would keep his job as long as he, you know, performed uh, you know, in an exemplary fashion and he went on to say that if he if he broke with that, that he would set him down. He said that it didn't make any difference to him who didn't like it or who disagreed. You know, he didn't care whether the whole New York or whatever it was. He said he would do that, and, and that's just the way he was going to conduct himself. And he, he said this in such a warm, beautiful way that even Minister Farrakhan, in his zeal, because he had been applauding and, and uh, supporting Imam Warthi Muhammad in that speech, and he didn't break with the support and the applause that he had been rendering to the Imam throughout that whole speech, because it wasn't done in a in a um, in a way to demean him. It was done in a way to show the audience the sincerity and how serious he was 
about the mission that he was about to embark upon. <clears throat> and so this whole meeting, this changed the whole direction of New York City. I can't say the Nation of Islam because the Nation of Islam didn't experience what we experienced. You know, we we had experienced something very, very different and something very, very special. And um, for me, I had my first nightmare I ever had in my life because he said something in that speech that really threw me for a loop. He said, and I'm not quoting him, but I'm giving a close paraphrase as I can recall and remember. He said, talking about Farad Muhammad, he said, or Master Farad Muhammad, not be, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. He said, if he is a God for anybody, he's the God for the white man. You know, now, that may not, that may not resonate with, with many people today, but when you stop and think of the climate that we were under back then, seeing all Caucasian people as the devil, and for him to tell us the man who we held as the supreme being in flesh and tell us that this man, if he was anybody's God, he was the God of the one that we called the devil, I mean, that blew my natural mind. And, I mean, it, it rocked me on my heels. And so... Um, we had a lot of, of uh, conversations about this. Minister Farrakhan, myself, Brother Akbar, Larry, uh, Brother James, Sister Rita, Sister Mary 43. We had lots of conversations about this. And, uh, you know, Minister Farrakhan, I, I guess, he had to adjust just like we all had to adjust. And he had to more or less try to digest that because when we had our conversation, he never made a commitment as to where he was leaning one way or the other. But you could see he was troubled as to how to reconcile many of the things that uh, the Supreme Minister that we called him at the time had said. And so uh, we, in turn had uh, gone up to Columbia University and sat down with uh, Dr. C. Eric Lincoln, who wrote, um, I forget, what was the name of that book, uh, Black Muslims, or something of Black Muslims. Uh, I don't, I can't remember the actual name of Dr. Lincoln's uh, doctoral thesis. It was all about the, the nation of Islam and the black Muslims. So we tried to get an audience with uh, Dr. Uh, Lincoln, and uh, I mean it was just a, a time where we're really trying to put the, the whole piece together. But I think what really cleared it for me was the sincerity, and the kind of uh, devotion and dedication and what Muhammad demonstrated from day one. Kind of turn they had for being fair, for being just, in a way, what the consequences with decisions. Brother Imam, uh, Imam Muhammad Sadiq, can you hear me? 
Yes, I can. Yes, I, I, what I, well, I, I think we, I'm following you on what you're saying here, some of the changes that came on and some of the different uh, difficult times that uh, some of the uh, members or believers had adjusted to the new changes. What, could you give our listening audience some, what were some of these new changes that you, you're talking about? Well, the main thing was, first of all, we were under compulsion the nation of Islam. Now we, you know, now keep in mind, I love the nation of Islam, and I, 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 I saw great growth for my own self and for others as a result of the nation of Islam. But the fact of the matter was, the nation of Islam was run like a, a strong, uncompromising dictatorship. There was, there wasn't any real. Uh, freedom of speech or even freedom of thought in the nation of Islam. And I mean, in many of the, many of the uh, principles that we functioned under had tremendous good benefits to them. But we were not given the option of whether we were going to sell newspapers. We weren't given the option of whether we were going to come out to the temple on the nights that they had temple meetings. We weren't given the option as to whether we were going to donate donate uh, uh, a charity. We weren't given the option of the kind of services we were going to render. We weren't given the option as to whether you could or could not come into my house and inspect my house. It was it was a dictatorship. It was a dictatorship, and 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 I'm just going to again put it in the words of. Uh, of uh, of my friend, the minister, Minister Farrakhan, because uh, he put it this way, no more straitjackets. He wasn't getting back in another straitjacket. That's after Imam Warthi Muhammad had come and removed all of these things that had held us in this kind of, uh, of um, commitment, un- un- unofficial commitment. No more straitjackets. This wasn't just his position. It was his children's position. That was their position too. They said no more straitjackets. They weren't no more uh, days. Those days are over. This is what they said. And and I it was during the month of Ramadan. I I can still. I was right there at the house and we were talking. And they said they they were not getting back in no more straitjackets. You know, they they were free and they weren't going to go back into that. So obviously they saw. They saw the nation of Islam. In its uh, the way it was structured, as very very um, demanding and very very controlling, and very very dictatorial. So uh, so the, some of the changes were all of those things that formerly were compelled you were compelled to do were removed. We didn't have to sell uh, three hundred paper. We didn't have to sell a single paper. We didn't have to donate. We didn't have to dress a certain way. He said, Imam Martin Muhammad gave gave a, a clear understanding of what was expected of the sisters. He said, we, there's no compulsion in terms of having to wear uniforms and stuff like that. He said, the, the, the only requirement of any Muslim is to dress with dignity, to dress with modesty. And uh, that's for brothers as well as sisters. And uh, so these things that were formerly 
demanded of us or mandated that and we had to do, compelled, we were compelled to do, we didn't have to do it no more. And see, that goes to the businesses. A lot of people want to talk about, oh, oh the imam came in and he destroyed. He didn't destroy no businesses. There was no destruction of business. They can't point to one business that Imam Warthi Muhammad destroyed. Not one. I've heard this. The, the, a, a lot of uh, young brothers who are in the Nation of Islam, they don't have any understanding of it. And whoever told them, if they were taught that, they were taught wrong. Now, what happened with the businesses? All the imam did was let every business rise and fall on its own merit. If it was a solid business and if it was if it was built on true economic principles, it, it, it survived. If it was a business that we have to underwrite with donations and free labor and things like that, it fell. So this is this is what happened to the businesses. A lot of those businesses, they demonstrated a false kind of security for us, that they only were able to survive as long as we had uh, unlimited resources to prop them up, meaning that we could go at any given time and get free labor, get the men to clean, get the men to, to unload the trucks, get the, get the um, when I say the men, the FOI. So I'm saying, so these are some of the changes that, that took place. And so Imam Waterton Dean Muhammad removed all of the, the authoritative uh, leadership, the captains who, who, could would walk and 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 everyone would 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 bow down. That that ended. Anything that the minister said, you had to do now. That ended. Lieutenants, that ended. All that he 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 busted all that stuff up. The uniforms, FOI, and all that. No 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 more of that. Put those in the closet. Put them in mothballs. And so when he removed all of those all of those. Uh, Situations that formerly that we that we forced into, then we got a, a real picture of 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 the potential or lack of potential of the nation of Islam as we saw it. The nation of Islam right now, and I say this fully and respectfully to my dear beloved uh, brother Minister Farrakhan, if the nation of Islam tries to function keeping that type of leadership, that type of control over brothers' lives and everything, it won't it won't last. It won't last after after the passing of the excellent leadership and the charismatic leadership of Minister Farrakhan. It's not it, it won't make it. It won't stand up under that. And this this is not something condemning them or putting them down. I think Minister Farrakhan has has good in his heart for his people. And for trying to do good in this this world, but that kind of of uh, charismatic leadership is over with. It, it ends, and when 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 the when the charismatic leader is gone, and and uh, and all of the authoritative uh, dictatorial kinds of programs that people get to saying, well, wait a minute, man, uh, you you got a home, your children got a home, you got cars, your children got cars, you got. Money, your children got money. I don't have anything. And so when they come to grips with that, then that's going to change a whole lot of things in the, in the now existing nation of Islam. And I don't wish them that bad because I, I think uh, 
basically the rank and file membership, there's some excellent young brothers in there. And even in the leadership, excellent, excellent people. But let's don't fool ourselves. Let's don't fool ourselves. You know Muhammad made, made when he let the uh, then nation of Islam become Islam. And when he turned it over to Islam, meaning this is no organization where one person stands up and dictates and tells one pe- people what to do and everyone bows down to the one. No. This is, everyone is autonomous. Everyone has the same rights. There's no one authoritative person over top of all of us. And this is kinds of things that he uh, uh, introduced. And this is what uh, I felt was one of the greatest moves that he could make. He, the um, that my soul longed for. Soul Brother Imam, Imam Sadiq, uh, since you brought up some of the the changes, the moves he, that Imam Muhammad or the Muhammad made, I, I guess you're referring to some of the beliefs. Uh, as you know, you talked about the nation of Islam and the belief in Farah Muhammad as being God, and Imam Muhammad brought in that no man is a God, that Allah is a God. He's not man. He's not woman. He's not material. He's not flesh. Allah ever is. He was ne- Allah is never born. And, and forgive me, ladies and gentlemen, when I say he, because Allah is not even he or her or it or I, but this is, you know, human uh, deficiency in how we talk or better way of trying to explain uh, the omnipotent one. Uh, but uh, some of the things that Imam Muhammad brought in, as you well know, about bringing the Muslim community more in tradition of Islam, all over the community, not just in New York City. But uh, could you kind of talk about some of the, well, I don't know, perceived fallout from that, or what did you see from that as being a Muslim going through this transformation? Well, one of the things, one of the things beyond just Farad Muhammad being called God was that we called each other God. You you see some brothers now, young brothers in the nation, listen, hey God, how's my black brother? How's my black God? Well, no, no, there's no God, there's no God, and uh, that confusion came through some of the lessons that the honorable Elijah Muhammad himself says were answered. Very near correctly, or Farad Muhammad said very near correctly, and which leaves a lot of room for which part wasn't correct if it was near correctly. So there were many things that 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 uh, caused serious problems, caused serious problems in in uh, in our thinking, you know. But I mean, I understand now and looking back, what uh, was trying to be achieved, what was trying to be achieved. But uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was a very wise man. He was a very wise man. He saw where uh, he, he, he wanted to get, move this nation a certain in a certain direction, but he also realized that the one coming after him was not going to be confined or, or, or held in check to doing anything in any way other than the way he saw it to be done. Now, that's the interesting part, you know, that he, there was no uh, uh, sort of predetermination as to what the next one had to do. He said that the next one 
that 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 uh, the next one would carry us into a totally new kind of reasoning, kind of thinking, and we would, uh, it, it, you know, he had the freedom. This next one had the freedom to exercise that type of leadership without any predetermined ideas from the other from the earlier one. And now, and see the irony. Now, see here's here's the contradiction. Here's the big contradiction that I I can't resolve for the Nation of Islam membership. And that is, if you say Farad Muhammad is God, or he he came in the person of God, you know. Master Farad Muhammad, you know, who came in, you know, God who came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad. And if you believe that the instructions that he gave to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad were the instructions that we, that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was obligated to follow, and that we were obligated to follow as a result of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's teaching, then how do you reconcile the idea? where he named Wallace Muhammad as the one to carry us into the new leadership, into the new era. How do you justify part and company with what he said about Wallace Muhammad? He never said, and and again, I, I, I want to make it crystal clear. I want to make it crystal clear. The work that the Nation of Islam has done and is doing He's done some wonderful things, good things. The work that Mr. Farrakhan's done, he's done some excellent things. His sincerity, his 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 devotion, he's helped a tremendous amount of people. But that does not take away from us looking at, examining, and asking questions about what is the direction we should be heading in as it relates to if we're going to follow the idea of of uh, Rod Muhammad. Master Farad Muhammad, if you would, being given direction to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And how do you justify the idea where he left and wrote back to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to make sure that Wallace was named after him? He didn't just want this child to, to follow certain kinds of instruction. He wanted this child named after him. And he wanted the the older brothers and sisters in the family to trace his name behind the door to make sure they followed him. I want to know how you justify not wanting to recognize this one. And how do you justify trying to see uh, as, as, as the fulfillment of that, how do you justify leaving him out of the mix? You know? Okay, you... You, you listen to email, so you listen to email Muhammad Sadiq give his own personal accounts of the development of the Nation of Islam here in America. Email Muhammad Sadiq has been a practicing Muslim for over 60 years now here in America. He has a lot of uh, personal experience is with many of the different leaderships in the Nation of Islam as well as in the American Muslim Commission, uh, community here in America. Our calling number is 646-668-8368. That's 646-668-8368. After the top of the hour, we're going to start taking some phone calls if you have any questions. But I'd like to get back to um, 
what you uh, had mentioned earlier, uh, Imam Sadiq, about the direction of the Nation of Islam. Personally, like I said earlier, uh, in the earlier shows that we had, I was only a member of the then Nation of Islam for about two years, maybe three years, from uh, starting in 1972 when I first started to actually visit the temples in Tennessee. So I don't have the same historical uh, interaction that you have. And that, you know, although I was a foot, sol foot soldier in the FOI, uh, but. Uh, for my own personal concern is I don't really too much get involved with the nation of Islam today because it's it just my opinion. I think that in the year 2020, if you cannot see that a man is not God, well, you got some issues. If you, if, I don't know how you can rationalize in your mind that a human, a man could be God. And I, I mean, not just the nation of Islam, brother, man. I mean, just uh, people in general, whether you're a Christian, a Jew, a, a Buddhist, or whatever. I don't see how in the year 2020, yeah, if we flash back to 1905 when the significant amount of the American people were ignorant, uh, ignorant in the reading and literature, ignorant in the history of the world. We come up to 1920, 1925, our knowledge of science, we were pretty much behind the closed doors. But now, and we got cell phones, we have fax machines, we have uh, information can move by satellites. It doesn't take a real, it does, you don't have to really be an, a genius, I think, to kind of figure this thing out about man, material, uh, life, and death. I mean, if you look at it honestly. So what I want to do here when we come to the top of the hour, we're going to go to the break. I want us to pick up and go and talk about some of the things Imam D. Muhammad did. I don't want to really dwell on Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam, uh, or de facto Nation of Islam, if that's what they're like. You said if they're doing it, uh, what they're doing, if they're doing a good service to the community, uh, that's fine. Uh, we want to look, at, I would like, you know, for you to tell us, not from my perspective, this is not from my perspective, I want it from your perspective, because you, you're there, you you there, you lived it longer, but you was around Imam Muhammad a lot, in my understanding. You can correct me now, uh, in the 80s and 90s and even up until his death. And I want you to kind of tell our audience some of the things that Imam Muhammad did and some of the things changed he did, some of the things that the community was trying to get involved with, whether it was politically, socially, the teaching of the religion of al-Islam here in America. So when we come back, Brother Imam, we're going to bring you back on and we're going to let you just everything you got to say. So I want our listen audience now, if you want to call in after the top of the hour, you can call in at 686-668-8368. Uh, uh, I mean, pardon me, 646-668-8368. We're going to a break, and we'll be right back in just one moment. Stay tuned. Yeah, this is Donald San Antonio. We gave her a bath, and we started rubbing her down with, um, with the XLSO, and she has had complete complete moisture in her skin ever since. Excel Nutraceuticals all-natural base SO has been scientifically developed for the management of eczema and psoriasis. For more information, go to xcel-n.com. My name's uh, Dr. Karen Holly, and I am the senior pastor at Lifeway Church, and I'm also a psychological therapist. My grandson, Christian Turner, and he uses SO, and 
he has eczema, and so it's just worked wonderfully for him. Tried bump stop. I've tried all kind of stuff. <laughs> By my skin, you would never believe. Uh, people don't believe anymore that I used to have hair bumps except my friends. It cleared it up. No more dry patches, even the, the patches that would come around. Juceuticals, all natural products. Call today at 1-800-977-3981. Brought it for my daughters. They and my daughters really, my their hair has gotten so much thicker. It's gotten longer, and they feel it's like they had a ball, like ball spots on the side of their head. But um, ever since uh, we've been using it, they no more. Their hair has actually grown. Excel Nutraceuticals All Natural Base HGS has been scientifically developed for the control of eczema of the scalp and hair regrowth. For more information, go to www.xcel-n.com. Yes, hi. My name is Carmen. About a year ago, I had ordered three of the jars of the Excel HGS, and I'm here to tell you, Oh, it really, really worked. It stopped my hair from thinning out. My hair is just beautiful, and I'm just so very well pleased. Nutraceuticals, all natural products. Call today at 1-800-977-3981. The new African broadcast is sponsored by XL Nutraceuticals. XL Nutraceuticals produces and manufactures all natural products that help promote clear skin and healthy hair growth. Visit XL Nutraceuticals at www.xcel-n.com or call 1-800-977-3981. And now, back to the new African broadcast. This is your brother, Muslim D. Shahi, host of the New African Broadcast. We have on the line Imam Muhammad Sadiq, 
giving us insight from inside looking out, black Muslim to Muslim America. From 1955, and actually earlier, Imam Muhammad Sadiq had told us about his experiences with al-Islam or the influences of Islam even in the early 40s or the late 40s. Imam Muhammad Sadiq, assalamu alaikum, and how are you doing here? I'm bringing you back on the show, Brother Sadiq. Assalamu alaikum, I'm doing fine, and I'm waiting. If there's any questions out there, we'll take those too. Yes, you can call in now, 646. 646- Six six eight eight three six eight six four six 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 eight eight three six eight. You can press one on your phone dial, and we'll bring you into the queue. But Imam Muhammad Sadiq, we can pick up where we left off. At uh, tell us what uh, some of the things that the new Muslim movement under the leadership of Imam Wardi Muhammad got involved with in terms on the political and social level. We can kind of pick up right there in the late seventies and eighties. Yeah, one of the things that I wanted that I was trying to bring uh, a, a, a clarity as to what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had in mind and how it ties in with uh, Imam Wada Sadin Muhammad. And like uh, he was asked, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was asked a question, like, uh, Mr. Muhammad, after you're gone, you know, uh, the Nation of Islam, will it still exist? And uh, this this was taken from one of the articles that was written uh, on on this issue, and he went on to say he said it will be a new Islam to what the old Orthodox Islam is today. It will be altogether a new one. And the questioner goes on and asks him another question. He says, "You mean your successor will preside over a new Islam?" Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, "There will be no successor. There's no need for a successor." When a man has got the divine truth and has brought you face to face with God, you don't need a successor. <laughs> so, so the the point I'm I'm trying to bring is that Imam Wadisadeen Muhammad, he did not just decide that he wanted to do this. He it was in. It was written in the in in the in the, in the stars. It was written in in the DNA of humanity that this was going to happen. And so, anyhow, Imam Muhammad simply put us on the track of enlightenment and understanding of Islam in a way like we had never understood it before. He he gave us an idea. He said, "Revelation came under the Prophet, peace be unto him." He said, but understanding comes today. And what this is alluding to is that many of the ideas that were put out in the time of the prophet, peace be unto him, were ideas that needed clarification, needed understanding, needed enlightenment, needed to grow and develop so that we could see them in their fulfillment. Because many of the people, many of the people who heard the teaching of Islam they heard it from the mind of an Arab. They heard it from the mind of a of a nomad. They heard it from the mind of 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 a person back in that period of time. And what Almighty God Allah has blessed us with in Imam W. D. Muhammad is the fulfillment of the divinely or divinely prophesied person. And I'm going to put person, because I don't want to give it no name, 
but that divinely prophesied individual who was become has come and has fulfilled that role. And then don't see it in a spooky way. And see, the problem is when you start talking like this, people start seeing things in esoteric terminology and see it in esoteric vision and spooky stuff. Just know that Almighty God, Allah, has developed this mind that was that was and is Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad and gave him the guidance and left him with the guidance and he poured that guidance on those of us who accepted it. Those who didn't accept it, that's all right. Many of them uh, did some very good things even though they didn't accept it. They didn't have to accept it. But those of us who did accept it, we received a double portion of God's blessing on us. And, uh, Brother Mel Sadiq, we we have a we got a uh, brother Yasin one our host. He has a question. Brother Yasin, what's your question? Yasin, Yes, uh, brother Imam, I had a question. Uh, when the leadership came with the Imam, what if you deem you Muhammad? Uh, my question is. How was it, uh, what was it like learning, practicing the five pillars of Al-Islam? Well, well, here's here's what it was like. It was something totally brand new. Because the beautiful thing about the Nation of Islam and any honorable Elijah Muhammad was he made it crystal clear that he was a reformer. He, he, He didn't come with any pretense trying to let you think that he came to, to to teach us religion. He told us the one coming after him would do that. He let it be known that he was a reformer, that he came to clean us up, to prepare us for this reformation that was going to take place. And so the learning of the five pillars, the learning of the five pillars, in fact, just learning the, the first of all of the five, it it, 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 it cleared up all of the uh, clouds and all the darkness and all of the uh, problems that we had had just to know that we had been directed and and taught and led into the proper and true understanding of the worship of the oneness of God. Now, this is not where we were in the nation of Islam. In the nation of Islam, we had an idea that did not did not conform with what the Quran has in it, and in the nation of Islam, we did not have the we did not have the understanding that Allah wanted for us to have. And so, by us accepting that, it's just like a a uh, brick mason. The, the the it's very important that you get that first brick right. You got to square the edge to make sure that it is right, it's level, and everything. Once you have that cornerstone laid, then everything that you build and place on top of it, the the all of the other pillars that followed proceeded from that. They all fell right in place, just like uh, they were designed to do. So I I simply say it was it was refreshing. It gave a clarity of direction for me, my family, and for an entire community, and for all of those who accepted it. And it's still an uh, opportunity for those who did not accept it 
to 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 learn and come on and grow because we're not at odds with with some of the members who didn't get on board at that time, but the time is growing short, and the and the and the gangplank one day will be pulled in. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you. I mean, uh, was there any difficulty? Uh, I mean, from from you, I know everybody has uh, interacts with 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 different things as as picking up a process of learning new things. As far as like select, how was it when you had to learn the Arabic, Al Fatiha, doing voodoo? Uh, I mean, was it was it uh was it pretty easy for you, brother? It's not so much that it was hard or easy. I wouldn't even put it in those terms. It just it was just sort of a natural progression that that was there. And and for those of us who had who had uh, uh, accepted Islam and believed in Islam, it was just it was it was just a natural progression and a natural growth. That we were anxious to to receive and and anxious to achieve, and so learning the salat and learning the the Arabic and everything, it it uh, it was a wonderful wonderful uh, fulfillment of some of my deepest hopes and desires, and I'm still learning, and all of us are still learning, and our children will continue to learn, and they'll uh, in the future, many of our children will will be fluent Arabic speakers and fluent. Hafiz uh, Quran, where they can read and recite the Holy Quran. So I'm saying the thing we don't want to get confused here. You know, we we were on a different type of direction in the nation. We were being cleaned up. We were being cleaned up. We were being uh, guided past uh, nationalistic ideas, and we were being hit with nationalistic ideas. And I'm saying all of these things were necessary for our cleaning up and our preparation for this wonderful day. But with the coming of of uh, with with the, with Allah bringing Imam Warasadin Muhammad into the fulfillment of his role, as his father said he would be, and as Rastafarad Muhammad said he would be, and as Allah said he would be, with the coming of that, that was the most wonderful thing in the world. And I, I'm just telling you that that I was so I was so I was so uh, enthused, and still am enthused, about this wonderful, wonderful uh, insights of Imam Wadafadim Muhammad. I just wish that the whole world could experience it. And just like right now, in the day's world we're living in right now, where we have a lot of people struggling, trying to figure out how they're going to get past some of these uh, headaches that are in our society today with the misunderstanding, the misreading of, uh, of the Quran. And they're they're looking at Pakistan, they're looking at Saudi Arabia, they're looking at Jordan, they're looking at Egypt, they're looking at uh, all those overseas. And what they 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 remind me of of uh, Hagar when she was put out and and running between the mountains, and the little child kicked his heel, and at the heel came gushed forth this water. And I'm saying what these people are looking for right now in America and in the world is somebody who could quell the storm. And what can quell the storm is the teaching of the truth, the clear understanding of the Quran. If these, some of these people who, 
who who don't know anything about Islam because they obviously don't, if they could just get a little taste of this free-flowing, pure drink, the pure water, the pure insight, the pure clarity of the teaching of the Quran, it will heal up all of these pain and suffering that many of them are going through in, 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 in the uh, anger that they have in their heart. They've got anger. Mom, we got a, another call for you here. Uh, just let me bring this caller in. Okay. 713-252, you're in the call. Assalamualaikum. Thank you, Brother Shaheen. Thank you very much, Imam Sadiq. This is Brother Marv Muhammad. Yes, Brother Marvin. How you doing, my yes, brother? Assalamu alaikum. Well, I'm really enjoying the program. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this like a statement, but really, it's a question what I'm getting ready to ask because I was sitting back reflecting when I came in, and I came in about the same time as uh, Brother Shahid did in the community about 1973. And when I came in, they told me that I was on the uh, the tail end of what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was doing, and that's what I you know that what I was told, and it turned out to be the truth. But one thing that 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 happened uh, during that time when we made our transition from the Nation of Islam, we went and Imam gave us a concept and an idea of world community of Islam in the West, and then he gave us another concept of the American Muslim mission. And I and I was thinking about how that energized us and how that helped to prepare us to be good Muslims as well as the activity uh, that we that we had in the community. You know, we were doing we were speaking to people. We were accepting the challenges because even during that particular time, if you remember, uh, during that around 75, 76, 77, the Muslim world was under attack again, but it was being attacked uh, because of the Iranian situation, and there was a lot of issues there. And I remember once watching a a news program, (laughs) and the Iranians had an American flag, and they were doing uh, crazy things with it, and then they had a sign that said, America the big devil. You know, I almost had a relapse, you know, but I didn't. <laughs> but but much of what happened, much of what the imam gave us, I should say all of what the imam gave us, there was always direction in it, and it had a psychology, you know, the world community of Islam, the American Muslim mission. Can you kind of talk about those concepts and ideas that came behind those two items? Well, yes, I can. Well, first of all, let me say this. I feel, and you being such a... In- enlightened, intelligent person, I feel you have said basically the, 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 the direction that it was going in. I mean, these are ideas and these are concepts, number one, to, to get us to feel, in my mind, to get us to see that we're a part of not just a little small uh, group of people in the corner of America or in the ghettos of America, that we are associating with and we're uh has submitted to something that has a universal concept and is all over the world has been here since the beginning of time and will be here at the end of time. And so and then and then to to let us know that that uh the mission begins here. The American Muslim mission. It begins here. But it doesn't end here. It begins here. We 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 step out here and we we accept this responsibility. We say we believe. We say the shahada, shahadatain, and then we move forward from there. But then Imam Muhammad wanted us to be conscientious, responsible citizens in America, and I, and I think that's where 
the excellent work that you're doing comes with uh, work towards good government. And I'm saying, so Imam Muhammad planted a seed in our heart and in our soul. Uh, many of the great uh, minds in our community have taken hold of them, carrying these ideas beyond imagine we could have been 1975. It all came, and not only that, he, he also came along with the idea of Bilalian, and that idea, he put it out there, and then he never up on that idea, but he set aside from it when it was misunderstood. But anyhow, even it, positive, a symbolic idea to let us know that that we have a, a mission to call the world to prayer, and that even if it'll be rough, it'll be suffering. We we will have a rock placed in our ship, rock, rough time. But despite that, ahad, Allah is. So yes, uh, brother Marvin, these are some wonderful Barthi Muhammad introduced, and each one of them has a world of wealth tied to them and direction for us in this community. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, buddy. Oh, thank you. And thank you for being there in the audience. I'm honored. Yes, sir. You're listening to Imam Muhammad Sadiq giving his historical accounts of the African American Muslim community's continuing evolution from the early 50s into present day time. A brother, Imam Muhammad Sadiq, has been a practicing Muslim for well over 60 years. And, brother Sadiq, we've kind of went through the, the most of the 80s. I, I know we didn't talk about some of the things. I know uh, Brother Marvin brought up some uh, things that were done, concepts that were instituted by the Imam Wartha Dean Muhammad, uh, some of the missions that we did, uh, uh, the development of getting, the development of movements that we had to get people back to the polls and vote. A lot of people don't know that Imam Muhammad was very influential and getting the out to uh, mass, what you call it, grassroots mission to get people to go vote, registering people to vote. People don't know about the the, the new Patriotism Day parade that, that he was he did. He started getting people to go back downtown, and this took on across the whole nation for the Fourth of July. That that had almost died out in the late uh, 70s, and then we also had the uh, Craig movement and the MCOP movement as well. Uh, Brother Imam uh, Sadiq, I want to pick up in the 90s and tell me what was the pulse of the American Muslim community uh, under Imam Wartha Dean Muhammad's leadership and the directions that he were he was expounding in the 90s, in the early 90s. Kind of give us a little insight on that. The main thing that Imam Wartha Dean Muhammad wanted to do, he wanted to establish uh, for this community, he wanted us to become economically uh, uh, independent and quit being economic dependent. And he he came with the idea <clears throat> of CPC, CPC, Collective uh, Purchasing Conference. Uh, I think that's that's what it was, uh, Collective Purchasing Conference. Yes, CPC. And I, I I take a look at CPC. I said I, I see something in the Quran related to that. If you remember, like <clears throat> we the, the prophet when the uh, peace be unto him 
when he uh, uh, came to us, he said, this day I have completed my favor upon you, C, and perfected for you your religion, P, and have hmm. chosen for you Al-Islam as religion, C. And I'm saying, whoa, is that an accident or is that what Imam Muhammad, <laughs> did Imam Muhammad see this? And no, all I'm saying is the CPC was he wanted us to be able to, number one, get into business, purchase the things at a discount price that our people could use, sell it to them at a fair and, and economic price, make a profit for ourselves, and have a healthy, a productive, uh, intelligent business. You know, because we, we've seen all kinds of business efforts in our community, but none of them reflected the kind of thinking that Imam Warthi Muhammad had. He, he did not want us to charge absorbent prices to our people. He wanted us to take and uh, get a, a comfortable margin of profit, but leave room for the person who's purchasing, number one, that he can purchase it and not go uh, to the poorhouse, or if you're going to work a deal out with him, work something out where he can, uh, you can be like the wholesaler and he'll have uh, a little room for retailing the, the products that he had. So so Imam, Imam Muhammad had the idea that he wanted us first, and he realized that it became necessary for us to, to um get economically free because until we get economically free and this is also the teaching of his father this is the teaching of his father until we get economically free we're not going to be able to achieve some of these great and wonderful ideas that we have in our heart and our soul so we have to come together in a intelligent way and the thing that one of the things that I'm uh pained by is is that we've sort of left the um uh, CPC purchasers hanging out there, and we may not be able to rescue them economically, but I think we can rescue them Islamically, meaning that we could let them know we care, let them know that we we will work something for them. Those who trusted Imam Warthi Muhammad and put their monies up early on, and many of them have put up as many. I know individuals have put up as much as twenty five thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars, and and after his passing, uh, the the uh, uh, idea is sort of kicked to the curb, and I, I just I'm, I'm never going to be comfortable with that until we address that. Now we may not be able to make everyone 100% whole, but we can let them know we haven't forgotten you, and somewhere along the road we will remember you, and we will we will honor you either through you or your children or what have you, and not get sacrifices made that we might get a start in business towards fulfilling the goal and vision of Imam Warthi Muhammad towards us becoming independent economically in in uh in uh, America today. So that's 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 one idea. And and the other thing Imam Muhammad wanted us to come together and purify ourselves become a, a healthy community. And and keep in mind see a lot of things we see we see a lot of things as individuals and individuals are fine but this this religion is about community. It's about community, and individuals are, are, are fine. But but until we understand that this is an effort towards community development, and that's the big goal that that, that he emphasized to us. 
to not lose sight of the community collective effort, working together, working collectively together with your fellow brothers and sisters. He told us that each masjid is autonomous. Each masjid is autonomous, but we can come together on issues that we have in common. We can sit down and, and, and find ways to work together and, and pull together for for programs and for uh, uh, efforts, educational efforts, ec- uh, economic efforts, uh, political efforts, and we can come together like that. So I'm saying that we, we don't want to lose sight of the goals that the wonderful things Demon Warthi Muhammad put out there for us. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing that, that he, he, he does not want us to forget he does not want us to forget so that uh, hold on to 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 uh, a vision for the future, but let's bring our people. Don't forget our people up from the uh, sad circumstances, sad condition that they're in. Because he he would often say this, and I'm gonna yield after this point. He would say that. He looks around. He sees many of these very rich people, like Oprah, Bill. Uh, uh, Cosby and others who had lots of money, people will never be able to be totally happy until their 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 their, their brothers, their family, their community can can come up and uh, a peg as opposed to them being just the, the shining star and everybody else is down in the gutter. So we have to remember the goal. The goal is to make this a better world. And not just to go out and 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 uh, get rich for ourselves and forget that we have an obligation to reach for the less fortunate. And he he emphasized that with the voodoo. And I, I said I'm with you and I'm gonna do it. He said, if you notice, the left hand washes the right hand. He said, which is the disenfranchised people coming and giving support to those who have great potential. That's the left hand and the right hand. He said. But the right hand doesn't just go on off and start working. It comes back and it washes the left hand. So he was saying that after that, the 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 the, the, the common everyday people or the or the hardworking people in society who don't have the kind of education that some some of us have been blessed to get, that after uh, that they they will lend their support to get lift us up. But after we're lifted up, we should come back and lift them up and never forget our responsibility towards them. Okay, Email Muhammad Sadiq, you said a lot here in, in the last few minutes here. And for some of you guys who uh, in, in the audience that have already uh, asked a question, if you don't have a question, please hit one on your phone at this time. That'll let me know that you, you're not interested in asking a question. And then if you are, again, interested in asking a question, then hit one again, and I'll be able to know uh, that you still want to ask the question. Email uh Muhammad Sadiq, I want to uh, ask you uh, right now, we kind of skipped over a little bit about uh, Imam Muhammad's uh, extensive work in the United States and spreading the teachings of what many would call Orthodox Islam. And as Brother Yassin had uh, alluded to earlier, teaching the five pillars of Islam, the prayers and the Sunnah of Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But uh, could you tell us, from your own perspective, some of the things Imam Muhammad did in terms of maybe some of the national, international dignitaries that he met during his um, his uh, leadership in the 80s and the 90s and, and even 2000, you know, places that he went, certain dignitaries that, that he, he that received him in their countries or 
whatever. Just give us a, a, a brief summary of that. You know, Imam Muhammad, if, if ever there was an attribute that that was demonstrated so vividly was his humility. His humility and his down-to-earthness. He was down-to-earth. <laughs> he, he was not, despite all that his guidance, he could tell a good joke, and I mean, he could make, he could tell some singers. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and he was he was just such a real 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 person, you know, and uh, he was invited everywhere. I mean, he was invited to to uh, to the inauguration of uh, President Clinton. He was invited uh, to Jim, uh, met with and traveled uh, to I, I believe the White House to meet Jimmy Carter. He was um, uh, even at the on the nine one one day he was on his way. To, to meet with uh, uh, the President George Bush that day, because he was in D.C. at the time that that that, uh, that uh, all of this devastation took place on during the 911 situation, and uh, King Khalid, who uh, was sick at the time, and he went over to uh, to to, uh, to meet with him. He said King Khalid uh, got, came up out of his chair and ran to meet him halfway. That's how he they felt about him. The guy from Forbes magazine, the wealthy people, they they invited him up. They spent a weekend up in the, uh, uh, up at his home. He was invited to all over the world. He was invited to to meet the Pope, the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, and, and the list goes on and on. Kings. Uh, he was he met with the leader of of um, of Egypt at the time. Uh, the one who was assassinated. Um, I, I, my mind is racing. <laughs> but uh, you talking about Anwar Sadat? Anwar Sadat. Yes, he met through Anwar Sadat. Anwar Sadat loved him. I mean, look, everywhere he went, people just loved him because he he's such a humble brother. And see, and and, and the funny thing about it, <laughs> the funny thing about it is, you know, you would you would see Imam. Uh, like I, I go to his home, you know, and I, I'm, I was blessed to be at his home over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And over. I've many, so many times I'm, I'm almost ashamed. But uh, you go to his home and he invites you to dinner, right? And so we're getting ready. To, we're sitting in the living room watching the television, you know, whatever. And he'll need uh, some pepper for the dinner, and, he, and you'll see him on his way out the door. So where you going, buddy, man? Well, I'm gonna run. I gotta pick up some pepper with you, dad, maybe some onion. But you know, I can do that, but no, 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 you stay right there. He would come back and then he would serve the dinner. Then after the dinner, he washed the dishes, okay? He washed the dishes. Then after he finished washing the dishes, then we say, he said, what do you have to, what do you all think about the show? Why don't we take a movie? And we say, oh, wow, that's good, brother, man. He said, well, brother, man, Siddiqui said, I want you to drive your car, too. He said, because I've invited some doorbell ring. Ding dong. And you open up the door, and all these little eight, seven, six, ten, twelve-year-old children coming. Papa, are we ready to go to the show? He called him Papa. Papa, can we? Are we ready to go? <laughs> so we would load all these children into the car, you know, and off we would go. We would go to the show. He would find a show like uh, Happy Feet or something like that for them. Then we would say, come on, we're gonna go get some dessert, and he take us to the pie shop, and we get half pie. And he would take him back home. Uh, look, he was just a real human being, man. He was a real human. And, and see, 
when he, when he went to the store, he didn't have 300 guards around him. He went by himself. He went by himself. When he, wherever you know, you see him riding all over town in that little green Volkswagen. <laughs> a little green Volkswagen that would stop sometimes. Sometimes you see him pushing it off the Dan Ryan, you know. And so, <laughs> earth, man. No, Brother Sadiq, we got another uh, caller, uh, a question right here. Uh, okay. This brother, uh, hold on. Assalamu alaikum. Brother Marvin? Brother Marvin? Can you, yes, sir. Yes, okay. Here, we, I got you back in the queue. I saw you. I saw you had a question. You, you still have a question? Oh no, I didn't follow the instructions. Well, I'm on. I'm on. <laughs> get out the queue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm on. No, no, he, he's still. He's still here. Go. Okay. Go. Go right ahead. Uh, go right ahead, brother. Imam. So you said this, Imam Muhammad had uh, it was a lot of uh, uh, people he went to. He saw his dignitary, and and he came back and. And uh, when he came back from these 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 trips, where he met different people, King Khalid of Saudi Arabia and Sadat of Egypt, uh, and I do recall when he went to the Vatican, I do recall that. I was there with him. I was there with him. <laughs> okay. And so, how was that? How was that feeling at the time when you was there and all this was going on? I mean, just just give me a. a a picture of it. Look, let me just tell you, I, I humbly and and I I've never been so moved in all my life by the blessing that I had of being by his side, you know. And I was so pleased to be there. I always try to find ways to get other people around because I said somebody else got to enjoy some of this wonderful, wonderful uh, hospitality because he just was. I, there's no way I could explain to you how great a human being this he was, because he, look, he was a servant. In fact, the very first picture they showed of him, they used to have that picture in the Muslim Journal, where it was started off in the Muhammad Speaks and then in the Muslim Journal, where you see him serving the elderly when he first came into office. You see him walking around the table. He's holding a bowl in his hand and he's He's, he had a dinner, and he's serving them. And that picture says a world right there. And that's just what his life was. His life was a life of service to people. And he, I mean, he was not about no proudness. And and, and this is where a lot of people miss, miss the boat. Everyone thinks that, you know, being great is to walk heavy on the earth. Look, just like when, when, they, when they first uh, came in office, they moved him into the palace, what they call the palace, down at the uh, house that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had built down on Woodlawn. And it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, building. And I've been in it a number of times before uh, Minister Farcom became uh, uh, the the uh, occupier, but even afterwards. But uh, they put Imam Arthi Muhammad in there, he and his family in there. I think he's in there for about a week. Then uh, after he was in there for about a week, his wife was looking for him. He, he saw him there with a bunch of suitcases. He said, well, what's, what, what's up? What's up? Where are you going? He said, I'm out of here. He said, I'm not going to live in a museum, you know. He said, I'm just not going to live in no museum. He said, well, I got to 
get on the elevator to go to find my children and look, can't find them. And, 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 and I'm walking around on barbels even now. He, he said, I'm going back to my place back behind the supermarket back up off of 86th Street. <laughs> and that's what he did. He gave back this stuff and got out of there. And he said, you're not going to live in no museum. They're not going to live in the museum. He said he's gonna, he wanted to live in a home. And, and like, out in, uh, in, in another thing, out in, uh, when, uh, 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 off of Cambridge Street, out where he lived, out in the southern suburbs of, of, uh, of Chicago, uh, he had a friend, the brother next door, Mr. Thomas. He all, look, he looked out for Mr. Thomas. Mr. Thomas looked out for him. When the brothers came up to, to, renovate his home and, and redecorate re, he needed a little more space. And so they they were able to extend the house back a little because he had a little room back on the on the land and everything. So they extended and they they came with this um uh palatial drawing and how they're gonna have the front look and everything. He said, No, 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 no. He said, I wanna keep my home in the same decor and I wanted to fit in, blend in with the with the kind of homes that are here on this street, he said, I want to keep it just like that. Don't, don't, don't take it out. He said, All I need is a little more room on the inside because they were going to lay him out. And in and fact, they, they, they were uh, right before he passed away. They were trying to find a home for him out in in uh, East Chicago. But uh, Imam Muhammad, he he wanted to. He, he loved his neighbors. He loved his neighbor, Mr. Thomas. In fact, I need to call Mr. Thomas. He loved his neighbors, and I tell you something else. This will blow blow your mind. Christmas Christmas time, I came by his house. I, I said, I looked on the front on the front. Uh, he has a bush out front. Imam Muhammad put uh, some some nice, pretty Christmas lights out there, you know. And I said, buddy, man, you got some Christmas lights? I said, yeah. He said, look. He said, I want to just show some support for my Christian neighbors. He said, I'm not. He said, I'm not getting into that whole thing, you know. He said, but I just put just a little, just a few little lights out there to show some uh, some, some some support for the the the, the flow of the community, and and that's how he thought. That's how he thought. I mean, he he is he was the greatest, the most wonderful thing that ever happened in my life, you know. And uh, he he treated my family, me and my family, like royalty. I'm I'm humbled by it. I'm you know I'm not proud, overly proud of it. I mean I'm just humbled by it, having had the opportunity so many times and and to tell be able to tell him and to give him a hug and I did. I I put my arms around him and told him I said, Buddy man, I love you from the bottom of my heart and I do. I do. I mean, he was just everything. Everything. And then the you know, but go ahead. I let you ask some other questions. Go ahead. Well, I, I just, I just wanted to pick up on uh, that since uh, we, you discussed really a lot about Imam Muhammad's uh, international uh, expositions, as well as he appeared to be a very uh, friendly, uh, neighborly person as well. Like all the people in the neighborhood liked him. A lot of this information we were not aware. We're glad you shared some of this personal insights into the. Uh, life of Imam Wardi Muhammad. Could, but do you? Could you tell us, or maybe if you don't know, I'm asking you now, just inquisitive. Uh, how about the African American leadership outside of the Muslim community? How does Imam Muhammad interact with 
uh, those individuals, uh, maybe the Black Caucus, uh, I guess maybe some of the politicians, uh, some of the elected politicians, and, and also some of the uh, academic people as well after the uh, Muslim community had moved into the more, the more orthodox, what we call orthodox, or at least the Sunnah of Prophet Muhammad and the practices of the Quran, well, that the Quran you know, teaches. Well, you know, Imam Muhammad, he was very disappointed in the Black Caucus people for a number of reasons. Number one, they they would he said he would they wanted him to participate with some of their their activities. He said, but they always invited him after they had made the plan. They wanted him to just come on and join on in with what they had already planned. He said he didn't like that in them. Then uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should even put this on the air, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go for it. He uh, <clears throat> he said he went to a program that they had one time. Okay. And um, uh, after the program was over, he saw, you know, different people picking up keys, you know. And they came over to him, and uh, uh, I won't call the brother's name, but anyhow, the brother said, no, 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 not not, not the email, not the email. And, uh, and uh, he didn't know what was going on. And what it was was... I'll, I'll I'll tell you that in person. <laughs> this was just a little too. It 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 was it was way out. I'm just gonna tell you. It was way yes, out. sir. Okay, well that's that's fine. You you can save it for your you you can you can uh, think about it and contemplate on it and save it whether uh, save it in, in, in a future time and and then you make the decision whether you're gonna put it in the book that you're gonna gonna publish. Yeah, or I, be I, your... I share with. And and, and and any anybody who's on this call, they can call me, and we'll, I'll personally tell you what it is. Like Brother Marvin, anyone like that, I know they're responsible, but I just don't want to say it right now over the airways. But I, I'll, I mean, email shared so much with me; it, it, it's mine. It would be it, it would blow your mind some of the stuff that he told me, you know. And, and uh, right, so yes, much. sir. We're well, listening to Brother Imam Muhammad Sadiq, uh, practicing Muslim here in America a member of the American Muslim Association. And in fact, Brother Imam Muhammad Sadiq will probably agree with me. He's a member of the complete, the whole Muslim uh, community internationally. There's about 1.5 billion Muslims around the world. And uh, Imam Muhammad Sadiq has been a practicing Muslim for over 60 years. And in fact, he also even alerted to us earlier in earlier broadcasts that he had even had been influenced by al-Islam at the age of five years old by Moorish uh, Muslims in the, uh, I guess it was the Pittsburgh area. So we're talking with Imam Muhammad Sadiq here on a new African broadcast. We're going to go to a quick break. You can call us at 646-668-8368. That's 646-668-8368. If you have a question, just hold it and press 1 on your phone, and I'll see that you're in the call of queue, and I'll bring you into the show. So do just stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. I actually brought it for my daughters. They, and my daughters really, my their hair has gotten so much thicker. It's gotten longer, and they feel, it's like they had a ball, like ball spots on the side of their head. But um, ever since uh, we've been using it, they no more, their hair has actually grown. 
Excel NutraCeuticals all-natural base HGS has been scientifically developed for the control of eczema of the scalp and hair regrowth. For more information, go to www.xcel-n.com. Yes, hi. My name is Carmen. About a year ago, I had ordered three of the jars of the XL HGS, and I'm here to tell you, Oh, it really, really worked. It stopped my hair from thinning out. My hair is just beautiful, and I'm just so very well pleased. Nutraceuticals, all natural products. Call today at 1-800-977-3981. The new African broadcast is sponsored by XL Nutraceuticals. XL Nutraceuticals produces and manufactures all natural products that help promote clear skin and healthy hair growth. Visit XL Nutraceuticals at www.xcel-n.com or call 1-800-977-3981. And now, back to the new African broadcast.
Okay, welcome back to the show. Show I give you the greetings in the Quran and Arabian language. Assalamu alaikum. We've been talking to Imam Muhammad Sadiq, pioneer in the Muslim community here in America, over 60 years living as a Muslim through the life of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, working with various individuals and in leadership in American history right here in America. Minister Louis Farrakhan, Malcolm X, and many, many others that he's talked about in the show. Brother Imam Sadiq, I'm going to bring you back on right now, and I hope you can hear me. If you want to call into the yes, sir, if you want to call into the show now and you have a question, you can call 646 668 8368. That's 646 668 8368. Brother Man, let's pick up here around year 2000, 2001 9 11 and the ultimate invasion of Afghanistan. What was the pulse of the Muslim community here on the leadership of Imam Warfi? Muhammad, and what was his uh, reflection on or his summarization or his position on what had occurred with 9-11 and the ultimate invasion of Afghanistan by the United States of America and other European countries as well? Well, Imam Muhammad has always been a team player. He has uh, always been supportive of our government, and he always tried to find ways to support the uh, president and the country. So the, before the first um, before the, the and, uh, war, you know, over there, uh, after before nine one one, Imam Muhammad uh, did support the uh, George Bush's father, the senior. He supported him in uh, his effort in Kuwait because he felt that what Saddam Hussein had done in trying to go into Kuwait, he did not agree with that. And now, you know, he he didn't go into any great detail, but later he, he you know, as we moved on down the line with uh, 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 Saddam Hussein and also with uh, Osama bin Laden, you know, these people, he felt that uh, Osama bin Laden, he felt he was, he showed sincerity, but no no understanding. You know, he, many, many, and he was saying that many of the people, many of, of the Muslims overseas, they, they're, they're, they're vibing on pain. And they have gone through so much suffering over there that it's hard for them to uh, think rationally because they have been under so much oppression and have suffered so much in many instances that their their uh, decision-making process comes through through pain, anger, uh, uh, hurt, you know. And uh, so he, he, he felt that Osama bin Laden was a sincere person, though misguided, though misguided. And also in terms of uh, Gaddafi, you know, he, um, if you if you remember, Gaddafi, um, when he was the only friend that the Nation of Islam had, when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was trying to purchase that building on Stony Island that is now in the headquarters for Minister Farrakhan, 
it was Colonel Gaddafi who put the money up that allowed the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to purchase. Now, we, we raised a lot of money in our community, but we didn't raise the kind of millions of dollars that we needed to purchase that building. And uh, it was Colonel Gaddafi who uh, lent the money to the Nation of Islam at the time. And so after uh, uh, his, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad died, uh, <clears throat> and the debt was, we still had an outstanding debt with the Colonel, uh, Imam Warthi Muhammad contacted him. I think he even went there and, sh and told him that we were not able to make the payment and, uh, and asked if Gaddafi would forgive the loan, and he did. He did. And so uh, he showed uh, a lot of respect for the work that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had attempted to do and was trying to do here in the United States and had also pledged billions of dollars to help support help re-educate re and, and redevelop the African-American people over here in uh, in America. So a lot of people don't even know that, but that's a fact, you know. But the United States wasn't going to allow that. They weren't going to allow that because uh, that would put them in a, in a, in a bad light. But anyhow, these are, these are some of the things that, that, that went on. And uh, Imam Warthi Muhammad, I mean, he, he constantly kept a lifeline out for Minister Farrakhan, hoping that one day he would uh, uh, see, you know, the true direction. But for whatever reasons, it, 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 it looked like at one time that he would come on board, and then it, he did come a certain dis distance, and then he, for whatever reasons he, he did not come any further. But that still didn't turn Imam Marty Muhammad against him because he, he still uh, showed great love and respect for Minister Farrakhan as a brother and as a fellow Muslim and, uh, uh, you know, never, uh, you know, in, in many instances when, like when uh, the idea of, of the um, sale of the properties that formerly belonged to the Nation of Islam came up, many of the members of our community did not want to sell it to Minister Farrakhan. Minister Farrakhan wanted it. And Imam Warthi Muhammad insisted that they let him have it they said because that, uh, the minister knew what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was about, and he was faithful to that calling. And uh, Imam Warthi Muhammad felt that he, there would be no better person to, to take charge of those properties than the, the minister. And if he was able to work something out economically and purchase that property, that, that we should sell that property to him. And that's what we did, you know. So Imam Muhammad, I mean, he didn't let, he, he never let uh, any uh, property or any uh, so-called uh, edifice become uh, enticement for him. He wasn't enticed by that. He would, he would, he, he, he'd have got rid of any, all that stuff. It was just another piece of property as far as he was concerned. So you know, it was just, he was just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful human being. And I, 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 there's one other thing I was going to tell you um, about uh, Keith Ellison, you know, our, 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 the Honorable Keith Ellison, pardon me, our congressman. I don't know if he, he understood me. I, I mean, I was put in a very awkward position when he, before he became uh, the congressman, <laughs> he was trying to have an appointment with uh, Imam Wazir Muhammad, and they, whoever it was, told him that he should probably get in touch with me because I, I had I was in the email Muhammad's presence almost daily. And I was. 
And so when he got in touch with me, I immediately carried the message of his desire to meet with him to him immediately. And, uh, and uh, uh, the message that 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 Imam gave me to give to him shocked me, and I guess it shocked Keith. And even maybe I, I don't know if today, even to the day, he understands. I was only care. I was only the messenger. I wasn't. I, I wasn't trying to 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 be a, a blocker or anything like that. But Imam Muhammad uh, told me when I told him that the, this brother who lived up in in, in Minnesota. Uh, has a great opportunity to become the first Muslim congressman for uh, the country, you know, and uh, he would like to sit down with you and get some advice from you, and, and uh, what, what can I tell him? And the imam told me, you tell him to stay as far away from me as he possibly can, you know. He said... Uh, what, year, what, what year was this, brother, imam? What year was this? I don't want to quote a year because it was before the what had to be before back in oh five oh six or something like that you know because it was before before the you know Imam passed in oh eight and Keith Ellison was on the job I think at least a year or two before he passed so but but the main point is. It was a hard message for me to deliver to the, the congressman, but I had to deliver. I, I just came back and told him what the imam said, and 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 I could hear in his voice that he he, he wasn't comfortable with that, and I understood it. But I I wasn't comfortable with it. But I I did, I, I I just had to deliver the message. And the imam was smart. What he was saying to Keith, what he was saying to the, the honorable congressman, was. You have a good chance of becoming the first Muslim congressman. Your coming around me or associating with me will make people who don't understand the, the sincerity and honorableness of me, they'll think that I manipulate and control you or I have some type of, uh, of influence over you. He said that he wanted to keep him as far from that kind of thinking as he possibly could. He said he felt that would be more constructive for 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 uh, uh the honorable congressman. So later he did make some arrangements privately uh the honorable but I'm simply saying I I, I was not trying to uh be an obstacle and to keep this 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 uh <coughs> this uh, uh person from seeing Imam Muhammad. I was message that Imam told me to deliver and he didn't say it in a negative way. You know, it wasn't like I'm still away from me. No. He just told me he said, No, it's probably the best thing for him is not to come anywhere near me. He said, because the people try and associate him trying to do with me and that could be uh, a hurt for people doing the in the honorableness of me. You know You listen to email Muhammad Sadiq here give us a historical account of the African American Muslim uh, uh, evolution here in the United States of America since, I guess, from his eyes, since the late 40s. Imam Muhammad Sadiq, we have about four minutes left on the show. We're going to wrap it up. I want you to try to wrap up tonight's segment. Uh, we've kind of moved a lot here. We've uh, we probably expanded over 15 years. we kind of up to around year 2000. And probably on our next show, inshallah, we'll have uh, Wednesday night at the same time from inside looking out black Muslim and Muslim Americans, we'll be able to kind of wrap this thing up. But again, kind of tell me, uh, again, uh, summarize 
uh, how you were you were feeling, the expression, your involvement in the uh, Muslim community here around the year 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003? Well, the one thing I, I did want to mention about the 2001, Imam Muhammad, to show you the vision that he had, when the World Trade Center was bombed in 2001, Imam Muhammad uh, hired Tony Brown and rented a studio, and we went into the studio and and we did a series of tapes that Imam Muhammad did uh, showing our concern for what had taken place, taken place, and and then he took those had those tapes packaged and sent to all the major. Networks: ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, CNN, uh, MSNBC, uh, and all of the uh, networks and the cable associates and affiliates. And he sent those had those tapes sent out. And in these on these tapes was a clear explanation of how hurt we were and our condolences for the loss of life and how we are not supportive of these kind of things. It's not just about so, in other words, he was not going to take the chance in depending on just some reporter coming in and interviewing him and then going back and then uh, uh, shaping his comments the way they thought they should be shaped. He simply had a preemptive strike and put that out there. But despite the fact that he put it out there, I'm not sure how it was used, if it was used at all by many of the, the networks. But I'm saying that to say that he was so sensitive to make sure that the, the, the name of Islam did not get drugged in the mud because of the uh, uh, terrible, terrible, terrible action of uh, allegedly of people who are supposed to be associated with Islam. Thank you, brother. You may I'm okay. I think with that, we'll wrap it up tonight. This is your host, uh, Muslim D. Shaheed, a new African broadcast. From inside looking out, Black Muslim to Muslim America, 1956 to present. We'd like for everyone to tune into our show Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And we're going to continue uh, this uh, discussion, this uh, very insightful inlook into the nation of Islam and the American Muslim mission, uh, involvement, development here in America, its influences on the civil rights movement, the economic uh influences in the African-American community, as well as also the influences in the direction of black people's thinking today, particularly young people today. Brother Imam, I want to give you the greetings of all the other individuals. Assalamu alaikum. I hope you guys have a very good evening, and may peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Thank you. And, have a good night. and thank you to all the wonderful callers, especially Brother uh, Marvin, who I have great love You have been listening to the New African Broadcast, a media program dedicated to the consciousness and the positive moral growth of the black youth of America. Thank you for giving us your attention and tune in to our next broadcast. Assalamu alaikum.